What up, what up, gems? Welcome back to the B&E Talk Show. What's it gonna be with B&E? Discussing common topics weekly. We are based in the San Fernando Valley, repping the 818. Today, we have two special guests with us, Josh and Robert. Welcome, welcome. Hey, hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming. What is your name? Uh, Robert, Robert Gould. I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, you can see some of my comedy sketch work on my YouTube channel at uh, Politically Incorrect Bob. Hey, uh, uh, my name is Joshua Esquivel. I'm an actor here at LABC College. You can find me on Instagram and Tumblr. Instagram is Icarus underscore landed, and Tumblr is upon umbrage. Beautiful, thank you. And then... Well, hey guys, how are you? How, how are you doing today? I'm great. This is my first time on the podcast. Bri Bri and I go way back, so I'm excited. Hey, hey. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we good as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is my first time on being on a podcast, kind of a uh, little... I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm ready to... There's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of setup. Yes. Um, today's topic that we are going to be talking about is identity and knowing oneself. Now... I wanted to go in a little bit about talking about our childhood and how we grew up seeing how uh, our own, how we saw ourselves as a kid in society. Would you like to tell us the story, Brianna? Um, yeah, sure. So for me, growing up, I grew up in a neighborhood with um, all the kids playing sports together. We had soccer, we had football on the street, we had fireworks, certain nights. It was just a family. So I still live in that neighborhood, fun fact. So yeah, I live in that neighborhood still and it's just kind of like everyone's older now, but growing up, I just remember um, riding bikes and stuff, video games, playing with my Barbies, all that. I was influenced by uh, a lot of active social type of uh, vibe for me. So other than that, as I got older, I started going to social settings like parties. I started um, hanging out at um, art shows, museums, all of that. So, and then as I got older, I just learned how to chill. Now I like to do is just chill, work on my podcast. I'm writing in my journal now. So as I got older, my childhood and adult perspective definitely involved growth. So it was, it was a good experience though. High school is also a great uh, place to kind of learn who you are, depending on the classes you take. I mean, I was a drama major, and I didn't really know myself into learning about other characters and who they are and where they came from. Mm -hmm. So that was one way I was able to learn a little bit about myself, but I could still say identity is something many adults and even college students struggle with. Um, yeah. Anyone else have a great story? So, childhood story for me that, well, relates to, I, I told you guys I'm a stand-up comic, and I try to think about uh, the first time I can remember being, like, funny, Yeah. you know? And I remember in the fourth grade, there every, like, Friday, you remember, like, being in elementary school and they would do, like, fun things on Fridays, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. we did, we did show and tell. So I kind of used that as an excuse to kind of do my own little talent performance thing. So at the time, my, my mother was um, dating a guy who worked as a, um, 
like a makeup artist. He was a special effects artist for the industry, nice. right? So he had a he had a huge he had an entire room just dedicated to all of his like special effects like props that he collected over the years, yeah. right? So yeah. he had part part of it is he had a bunch of ventriloquists like dummies, right? Yeah. So he had this one little stuffed animal yeah. that like had the hole in the in the back of it where a hand could go inside, so you can control you know this little stuffed animal. It was just a little dog. So he, he let me uh, take it to school, and he was very protective over his stuff, by the way. You know what I mean? So this is right. kind of a big deal that he let me take it with him. His name is Tom. <laughs> and then, so uh, I took it to school uh, in the fourth grade, and I, I took it on a Friday during show and tell, and I used this little ventriloquist, you know, little stuffed animal dog, and I did like a whole little ventriloquist act. Nice. You know? Yeah. And yeah, it, it went like really well, and I felt, you know, like, I mean, I think we're all sort of performance, like artists here, right? In right. some sort of degree, exactly. and I think that we can all sort of remember, like where you know that where those origins came from. You know what I mean? I could definitely feel like that was like the that was my my moment. You know what I mean? Where I felt like being in front of, you know, a group of like, you know, forty like people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And being funny in front of them, I just and knowing that that was like something that elevated me almost to a spiritual level. That big group Understand. when you have when you I, I can totally relate to you when you have the all of us mm -hmm. we're all in here creative people we're all performers yeah. we have actors in here we have comedians and we have public speakers so and drag queens uh, and drag queens yes so with picture all of us being on a stage. You're doing your uh, show, yeah. you ha are doing a comedy skit, I'm just doing motivation, whatever I'm gonna be doing, and then he's doing drama as well and drag. So it's just kind of like, we all have a different perspective of how it is on that stage, but we all love that energy, we all get that passion, we all, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of, it's definitely relatable to uh, the stage presence with yours. Growing up in theater, I, felt more comfortable performing in front of like 400 people than performing in front of like a small room. So I find, I understand like what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. I totally felt like, as, as a stand-up comedian, yeah. I'd much rather be like at a comedy club with like 50 paying audience members than be like performing like an open mic at a coffee shop. Right. Absolutely. Like yeah. in front of like four small. people on their it's iPhones, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> that, don't even, yeah. That intimacy is just scary, just having that many mm -hmm. people, like that few amount of people just like looking at you, scrutinizing every single thing that you're doing. Oh, I, yeah. I feel like there's there's almost more room for er error when there's that many people. Yeah. The wall it's, is broken. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, that's a beautiful thing, how we can all relate with that. I appreciate it. I like that. There's more room for air because yeah. it's like in an audience of 50 people. Yeah. It's like you have more. It's like there's a bigger bullseye board for you yeah, to yeah. shoot from. Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe if I'm not getting it with this with this side of the crowd, like yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, I can work this exactly. side. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like yeah, somebody's yeah. gonna be feeling me. The front row that gets yeah. me. You yeah, know, yeah, I don't yeah. know what they're doing right. in the back <laughs> over there, but you know, yeah. I found my little echelon. Yeah. Yeah. That's like when an Uber driver will like all be coming from a comedy club and they'll want me to like do my act for them. Oh, I'm like, this is gonna be so hit or miss, dude. We got a 20 minute ride ahead of us. That, I was like, that's rough as a performer, you know. Like, I tell people that I'm an actor and they'll want me to like perform for them, like, on the spot. Oh, you act like do a monologue for me. Like, yeah. I'm just like, right. it doesn't work like that, man. I'm not just gonna, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not your like dancing clown, yeah, yeah. and I'm not a seal with like a little circus ball <laughs> on my nose, you know. <laughs> Or that um, Missy Elliott um, music video where she has a, the uh, pointed hat on her head and she goes, dumb, dumb. You, you know, uh, work it. 
that's I like to get to know you so I can show you, put a hurt. That's my favorite song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there's a good visual in that music video. Check it out. But let's talk about the definition of identity because it seems as though we're all talking about identity, but what is identity? Right. Yeah. Identity is, would you like to read it, Josh? Yeah, yeah. identity. Uh, this is the dictionary definition we got. The fact of being who or what, what a person or thing is. Ooh. What does that mean to you, Robert? So we established that, so that's our topic for today. So we're dealing with identity. So I wrote down a couple of notes because I knew that was going to be what we were discussing. Yeah. So the fact of, just off of that definition, the yeah. fact of being, you know, uh, I, I would say it's, it's, it's a way for a human being to say, I'm alive. I exist. Yeah. Right. I'm important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What is my place in this world? Right? Yeah. Where most of the time we're not going to get objective answers from the universe. Mm -hmm. So we have to find our own sense of meaning, right? Yeah, and give right. ourselves those answers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And something so tangible that it could propel us for the next 10 years, the next 15 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The next 30 years. Expansion, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And when I think once you find that sense of identity, it gives you that sense of purpose that's going to push you forward. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It makes you at least know that from your day to day, like, what's this all for? You know what I mean? What is this pain? What is this suffering? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a bigger there, there, there's a bigger game we're playing here. Yeah. So that leads mm -hmm. into uh, also a spiritual perspective, religious, and just being your own person. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's so. I mean that's so. What religion is? Yeah. On like a fundamental level, like a is, is like God. Why why is this happening to me? Don't worry, my child. There's yeah. a reason for everything, right? Yeah. There's a puzzle being you know woven here. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's all gonna make sense. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. I feel like I said you ever hear like interviews of actors or any sort of celebrity, and they like they talk about their struggle. You know what I mean? But then they talk about how like I wouldn't change any of it because yeah. now I'm here, right? Yeah. Because now it all makes sense to them because yeah. it put them in this place they are now. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. In preparation for this topic, I, I started thinking about my own personal definition for identity, and uh, I, was, I struggled with it. I thought about it this morning. It just came to me. I was thinking that identity really is the sum of your experiences plus hindsight. You need that yeah. that that wisdom that you have now in order to appreciate everything that had happened to you. And then in addition to that, I was thinking identity is also like what happened to your people as well. Like hmm. your, like the things that happened to my mom and my dad, like that's part of my identity. Where they come right. from is part of my identity. And that's, that, that was something I struggled with for a long, long time because uh, I'm, a, I'm, like, I'm a white presenting Hispanic male. So, you know, you see me walking on the street, that's, that's you know, white boy. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, uh, I'm from this area of North Hollywood, right? I right. went to Coldwater Canyon Middle uh, Elementary School. Then I went to Madison Middle School. And it's a predominantly Hispanic where everyone is like, a, you know, a several shades darker than I am. And so like they, they see me and I am like the bad guy, right? But like, mm. as, as they don't really understand where that's coming from. They mm. just have that in them because maybe they hear it from their parents and like they mm. they project that onto me. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't I don't know where it's coming from because as far as I'm concerned, like we, we grew up with the same tradition right. and the same like um, we grew up the same school. Exactly. What's that word called? Uh, social construct. Right. Destroying the social construct means you're fucking with the system. Social con. Yeah. There's exactly. that. There's that woman, Rachel Dolezal. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one so we have transgender, now we have this new like term transracial. 
know what I mean? I didn't know that. Yes, what is, what is I remember that. that. Oh, so you're rolling your yeah, eyes at me, but I, yeah, I, I, I actually think... I was not fully sure. You're not fully sure I, Because I completely feel what Josh says, because yeah. I've grown yeah. up the same way. I'm Hispanic, yeah. but I have yeah. no idea of the Spanish language, except food. But the point is, I don't fit in into any category, and yeah, I can't call myself a transracial because... No one's just gonna accept you because they already don't, even if you are that. Same. That's why, to me, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And the tr- transracial? Yeah, and the, yeah. because you can't just say you are now. Like, I can't say now I'm African American because what? of just like my. I, let know. me say. Let me but, say this real quick, though. Okay, so growing up, I lived in I lived in the same neighborhood my entire life, Hispanic-dominated neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, and in my street specifically, we had different races. So right across the street, we have black people, and then we have Asians, and then we have, you know, all that. So growing up, my friends were Hispanic. I grew up with uh, chicle, which is gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up with um, pozole, menudo, all of that. So I grew up with, like, Hispanic culture. And so my sh- struggle with identity was uh, not seeing myself as a certain race. I didn't, I didn't acknowledge myself as an African-American person until I got into college. And even that, before that, um, throughout uh, school, I would get bullied and people would say, you're black. And I'd be like, yeah, I know. But I didn't grow up like that. I grew up with a, uh, you know, my my culture, my mom, uh, my family uh, has uh, Italian. So in our house, we have like masaccioli, lasagna. Like I grew up with pastas and stuff. And then I also have the soul food on the side, but I didn't know what it really meant for my identity. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it definitely uh, brings up a lot of uh, ideas with my childhood growing up as not referring myself as a certain individual, but being a person. When I first had to start taking like SATs and um, just state testing, I didn't really know why anyone needed the information of whether you're white, whether you're yeah. Hispanic. And then Hispanic now is in its own category, its own section. So to me, it's I didn't really think about it until probably fourth grade, what it means to know who you are. It's mm. a struggle. Yeah. Sometimes. Some people are still struggling with it. Yeah. So is, you, is your problem then with someone like Rachel Dolazar, is that maybe you feel like, like a sense of uh, racial identity, it's not really a powerful enough sort of foundation to build off of. Is that kind of where you're coming from? Is that that's not really something you should base your identity off of. Yeah, because it's it's all about your surrounding. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's just you are either, you're from Los Angeles and you're either then part of San Fernando Valley and then you're part of NoHo, that's your family, that's who you are. You can't just pick, oh, I'm I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, kind of something like that. You can't just pick who you are because you want to be. Also, to me, kind of, off topic, but have you heard about uh, trans species? I, uh, is that human beings who want to identify as a species outside of human? Yeah. Well, and we live in a very stuff. interesting postmodern world. Where right. Right. Things you, are just you, changing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all about acceptance now, but it's yeah. also, I feel like there is some sort of line, but that's my problem too. Why? Uh, I think, well, I think after the passage of, like, gay marriage, don't you feel like now there was, like, a window to explore the all these different... dropped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It was, like, you know what Seriously. I mean? Seriously. Yeah, and now it feels like how many more, like, different, like, civil rights battles can we, like, you know, fight simultaneously? Yeah. I actually have a lot of... 
I listen to a lot of um, African American like commentators in the news and media, and they still right. think there are civil rights battles we've still been solved yet. Like, wait to put you know another patty on the burger. You know what right. I mean? Like, you know what I mean? It's just a so, lot of like even with that sense. things that happen in your community too. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. There now there's there's. There, there's an, un, an unlimited like number of genders, right? There's like, un, right? There's, there's even like, like trisexual, they'll try anything. They're not oh bi, gosh. they're I, tri. I can't keep up, I'm yeah. sorry. I there's mean, so I'm, I'm gonna get used to it, but I yeah. I mean, do what you want, just don't get mad if I don't know. That's what I was gonna yeah. say, is like, right. honestly, like I will call you by whatever Seriously. name, you know, or thing yeah. you want me to call you by, but you oh. can't get mad at me if like, you know, I mess up every once in a while, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like as long as I'm not doing it purposefully to hurt your feelings. Right. If, if yeah. my, my name's Robert, but I want you to call me by like a different nickname, you know, sure. You know that that that's just like someone wanting to be called. You know, like boy, girl. You know, he, she. But yeah. if I mess up, you know, then I, I'm quote. I'm doing the quotation fingers. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, if I, but uh, if I misgender you, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not doing. I might not be doing that to bully you. Not you know exactly. what I mean? It I'm just. I'm, yeah, exactly. I just have to, um, it's it's about um, what's the thing called? Accepting people. Accepting people for who they are and, and some who people, they want to be. Yeah, so yeah. like yeah. I mentioned before, I don't see people as color. I just mm. see you through your eyes. I'm, yeah. That's why I told you earlier, I said I appreciate the eye contact. Yeah, because I'm looking at you and I'm, I'm talking to your soul. Mm. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> What's my soul say? Beautiful person. And the weather is 86 degrees. Yes. I do think, though, that I, I will say how, how all these new sort of identities and this identity politics affects my world and my creative world mm -hmm. is being a stand-up comedian mm -hmm. and experiencing that, you know, now it's like the world of comedy, which I felt like yeah. maybe it was this off-limits world, you know what I mean, is now, now it's, it feels a little bit more under attack. You know what I mean? Right. Before, right. there are comedians who now won't play like college campuses. You know what I mean? And that that, that saddens me. Yeah. Uh, there. Yeah. I mean, on a, I would say on a very macrocosm level, um, it's a, it's it's definitely like affecting culture. You know what I mean? I don't I don't think like in an office space, if you if you say that you know I, I think there's a certain level of decorum of course. that we all keep like in an office or maybe even in a classroom, right? So people are losing their jobs for saying the wrong thing in an office space. That's understandable because there, there's a time and a place. And there's a contract. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a contract where you say you're gonna keep like some certain level of maturity within the you know within these right. halls, right? Mm -hmm. Even on your lunch break. Mm -hmm. But um, I certainly think that like the fact that now they're going after like um, there's this community I like named Natasha Legero. Yeah. And you've heard of her? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so Big she made a joke, something about um, it was about uh, veterans and like them not being able to like chew. And it was she brought this specific. What's that one macaroni brand that uh, with the Velveeta? Uh, sure. Let's just say okay. Velveeta. Yeah, so yeah, she was yeah. making a joke about like it being hard for like older people, like for veterans, to be able to chew Velveeta like macaroni. Yeah. And oh my God, people like got so like up in arms that she was making fun of like the veterans and stuff like that, or making fun of elderly people, right? It's all about mac and cheese. That's so, yeah. that's so bizarre to me because I mean, that's not even like a, like a new like hot button issue. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Well, and then, and then the, uh, well, I guess the, the, the only point I'm trying to make with that yeah. is that with this new brand of, since we're talking about identity and everyone is now trying to use, I feel like people who were, who have maybe not faced adversity in their life before, mm -hmm. are now, or who have maybe grown up like in a nice, cozy, middle-class lifestyle, are now trying to grab on to all like the civil rights battles, like, you know, like um, 
the you know the, the gay rights movement or the you know uh, civil uh, black uh, rights to try to push forward their own sense of like you know what I mean like agenda you know the, their own sense of like oh my god like look at me right. you know what I mean yeah and the, like what I was saying before I matter I exist I'm important you know right. what I mean? yeah. and I jump mean, on the sort of oppression Olympics and it's sad for comedians who get blackballed such as Kathy Griffin can't make a political statement about Donald Trump without yeah. then losing the majority of her career. Yeah, that, yeah and that's, that's the, yeah. the dumbest thing in the world. You, where ha What happened to freedom of speech, but there's also an idea of um, doing it for the better good, I think. I don't know. It, like, it may have been harsh, but it was also a joke. It wasn't real. I don't know. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to move on. Yeah. We're going to go on a commercial. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. We're going to be continuing on Section 2 in a moment. And enjoy this commercial song by Whitney Houston, I'm Every Woman. Thank you. It's all in. Yay! Welcome back, Gems. That was just I'm Every Woman by the great Whitney Houston. Now let's get into uh, our next question, which is how has or not knowing your identity affected your life? So uh, I feel like I've always known who I was, but I was resistant to it because of outside influences. Like again, going back to when I was a kid and being, you know, white but Hispanic, I, I was always made to be the white boy, mm. told not to speak Spanish, told that, you know, I should just play the part of the white boy. And so that's what I did. So I was just playing the part of the white boy, but always knew that I was Hispanic, always struggling with that. So uh, it's only like now that, that I'm an adult and that I'm out of high school and out of an environment that is so, I feel conducive to, to bullying and, and just, and it's, it's a time when you're still trying to figure out who you are against like the backdrop of what other people think you are and then like hmm. when you leave that environment you know and like me I went to the workforce and I, I I was also taking some classes here at Valley like yeah I just I just had space I had that space that time to really think about it without other people telling me you know what it should be yeah uh, what it is and um, you know and I spent more time with my family too there was a lot of just days at home with my with my very Hispanic family and I'm like this is yeah, like they have no idea of your world. Yeah, um, just what's in school. Right, and it, it just it just dawned on me that I want to get back to that. You know, mm -hmm. I want I want to get back to who I know that I am. You know, I'm trying to reclaim what what I gave up. I gave up this this the life that was meant for me. You know, Spanish. I feel that's a language that is my birthright. I should speak Spanish very well. Yeah. I should have visited the, the countries that my parents are from. I should go to Guatemala. I should go to Ecuador. Educate yourself. Absolutely. You know, embrace that culture, you know, um, so that I'm not in this sort of this ether, this in-between, you know, like hmm. this being a white boy, this being Hispanic. Like, I'm, I'm both. Yeah, I'm, I'm white presenting, but, you know, I'm Hispanic. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, for me, as I mentioned before, I grew up in a Hispanic neighborhood and all that. And so when I'm out in public, it's a total different world for me. I'm kind of like that person, that individual that I am, trying to find myself each day through each person I meet. So if we are considered friends, why is this person beneficial in my life? 
how am I beneficial to this person? How are we growing? How are we doing this? Oh, this so-and-so stopped talk, started talking about me. I'm not their friend anymore. On to the next person. You know what I mean? So I grew up trying to find myself through others and not really looking at myself in the mirror. Not really uh, acknowledging my my beauty, my, I'm, you know, it's just, everyone is just so into what's now and uh, social media especially, social media influences all of us um, with how you should be portrayed uh, as a female through Instagram models and all that. Yeah. But, you know, moral of the story is that for me, it's the identity that I'm looking for of uh, me trying to find myself, but all I have to do is just be home and mm -hmm. ask my parents about ancestors or ask my parents about yes. past things that happened. Yes. Educate yourself, yeah. like you said. Mm -hmm. So it's just for me, I'm up to that point right now in life yeah. as well where I'm staying at home more, trying to connect with my family yeah. and not try to connect with others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and I've found that, like, not paying so much credence to what other people are are, are, are saying, you know, what, what I what I should be or who I am and, and staying at home and, and um, just regaling about, like, the past with, with my family. Hmm. I, um... Lost my train of thought. Come on. I know you got it. Um, I was saying, like, um... Okay, you want to sit on that? Yeah. We're going to let you it. sit on that. Does anybody else, Robert? What do you think? So can, can someone, you want to restate the question? Yes. Sorry? So the question was, how has or not knowing your identity affected your life? Your, uh, yeah. So and Josh, if you remember your thoughts, chime in. You could yeah, finish, yeah. Yeah, finish what you were talking about. But on, okay, so my identity. Um, being a, a stand-up comedian and maybe always I just identifying myself as someone who was funny, you know what I mean? And just definitely thrived for that sense of, that kind of attention, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I think that coming into being, I think not being afraid of that is still something that uh, I, I, I struggle with, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And not being afraid to be, you know what? I'm just a person who I, this I, is enjoy, I, am. I enjoy the limelight, you know yeah. what I mean? I enjoy just being like the ball of energy in the room and that's still, I don't um, just feeling like emotionally you have to sometimes walk on eggshells. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're like you're like afraid of. It feels like sometimes like you're afraid of your own shadow. Yeah. You know. And, and it's like tough skin. Even having to grow that tough skin when yeah. others um, affect you. Oh, like you. We have so much love. We give so much love to others, and then if, if they affect you, I mean, mm. not even negative energy, but it's just to be to feel heartbroken by um, another person, meeting that person, connecting with that person, feeling that passion. I don't know, maybe that's just me. No, no, I, no, I totally get that. There was this compassion. one scenario, there was this girl, I was on a, a, like a, like a summer troop with a bunch of kids my age, and there was a, a girl that I had sort of a thing with, and I was talking to a group of people, right, in the hotel, and uh, it was late at night, we were all just hanging out, and the girl that I sort of had a thing going with, I, I could see peripherally, behind me, she's like doing the little like hand puppet thing, mm -hmm. mocking me for like talking uh, so much. Wow. You know what I mean? So you, you guys know where I'm like coming from, yeah. right? It's like being afraid already of having that extroverted personality type, afraid to sometimes own that, hey, I'm the funny guy, you know, hey, I'm the ball of energy, you know what I mean? You hey, I'm the guy who talks struggle. Well, that's, that's what yeah, I'm that's talking about. Like, <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, and, and someone like yourself, Reber, who we have very similar personality types. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I definitely feel like those little moments, you know what I mean? They they, they, they cut deep, right? They and that was, that, was, that was in the summer of 2015. That's three years ago, and I can remember, I remember that clearly. Uh, about because what? Was, no, that story, this, the story I just told you about the girl. Yes. Yeah, mo- the girl mocking me with a little hand puppet behind me, like mocking Very that I was clear. talking so much. Yeah. That kind of stuff gets to me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that makes me afraid of my own shadow. That's... It makes me feel like I have to emotionally walk on eggshells. Yeah. It makes me sometimes uh, 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 afraid to walk in my own skin, to, to, to feel comfortable in my own skin. Sometimes we can't feel comfortable. We have to, uh, we, we have to keep doing things that helps, you know, it's kind of like dusting yourself off and trying again. We all have to, it's inevitable to go through struggles. We are all put, in on, put here on earth to deal with life. Life is negative and life is positive too. And then people you're going to meet in your life are going to affect you a certain way. Having a heavy emotion, having um, strong personalities too, appreciate it. I appreciate you. What, what's up? So I was going to say, everything I'm saying right now can really be embodied in the whole, well, the whole theme of that film, The Greatest Showman. Did you guys play the no. This Is Me song? Did... Soon, right after. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> there we go. Um, no, but that whole, uh, did you guys all see the movie? Not yet, no, I but I heard yet. it's an amazing movie. Okay. Don't spoil it for me. But I won't spoil it for you, but the theme really of the film is there are all these sort of freaks, right? right? Circus freak type people, right? The bearded woman, the little, um, the little person, uh, like, or the, the guy, yeah, the guy, he's like, he's like the four, uh, like 500 pound dude. Yeah, the guy right. who's got tattoos all over his body. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So all these sort of, yeah, freaks and geeks, uh, are trying to, well, Hugh Jackman's character, P.T. Barnum, is like he's trying to empower the things they're most self-conscious about, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, you're, 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 the things you think are weaknesses are strengths. You Ooh, know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. And we're going to, not only are they strengths, we're going to capitalize on. That's the thing people are going to love most about you. Yeah. Those are the things you're going to capitalize on. Those are the things that are going to make you the money. You know what also brings that into um, mm-hmm. the, what is it, what was that test that you were telling me about earlier, the personality test? Oh, the Myers-Briggs. Yes, it's called the E. Myers-Bridge. So pretty much you can find your personality on this app, right? What else, right? Uh, well, it's a it's a test that you can take on like a on a website. You can do like an internet internet search, mm-hmm. and like when you take the test, it, 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 there's like four letters, right? Like E N T P or something like that, mm-hmm. and that like t- lets you know if you're like an introvert or an extrovert. Uh, then it compares you to famous people who share those same qualities, those attributes. Mm-hmm. I took the test a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's compared me. Yeah, I was going to say, adding on to that, introvert, extrovert. Those mm-hmm. are the two main ones. You're either extrovert or introvert. Yeah. And I feel like Robert and I are both extroverts, so um, I'm going to pass it to you. Are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? Extrovert. Ab- absolutely, okay. absolutely. For and, sure. Um, it, com- it, comes, it comes in handy for, for situations like this where you, know, you have this platform and you're talking on a show or like, as an actor, mm-hmm. like going on stage is just like that much... Uh, easier. I mean, it's it's still difficult, it's challenging, of course, um, but uh, just to to be willing to like sign your name on the thing and go like, yeah, I'm willing to go out there in front of people who are paying to see me perform and do this thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'd say like, and I and I've always like been drawn to storytelling, so being an extrovert just yeah that that resonates with me. But I'm also kind of introverted. You know, I like I like to have like my study time and like my time myself like work on my stuff but then 
I take that and share it with people. That's where the extrovert in me comes out. So you're balanced. Yeah. You balance me out. I feel it right now. <laughs> uh, I'm an introvert myself. I like to stay at home more often to figure out my game plan before I just step out there and then just do it. Some people don't have to prepare. I always have to prepare. And something I find difficult to understand for my own self is why I'm so introvert and how that affects my relationship with new people or even anyone who I've known for a while. Um, I mean, it's good to know who you are, but it's also good to know who you are and work on it. And that's something I always try. I mean, for me, it's hard when I'm at work and being probably one of the only gay people there and then not knowing how to speak Spanish on top of looking Hispanic, I already have to then feel so different than many other people so I have to identify myself, but they also tell me who I am and by, by their actions. And that's something that I've been learning and something that I'm trying to uh, cope with. Mm, yeah. Eddie, you were talking about, well, you, you, you're showing us some pictures of yourself in drag. That's right. like, I don't know how it doesn't get more extroverted than that. It's easier being someone else because people don't don't see the real you. They just see like this character that you've made up, but it's a character within yourself that you don't let out. As an introvert, I, I'm more shy as me, as Eddie, than I am with four hours of makeup, padding, and a huge wig, earrings, and everything on top of that, which pushes me to then change who I am because I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not wearing a regular t-shirt and shoes. I'm wearing high heels and a corset. Mm -hmm. I gotta act like a woman. On top of that, I'm also still me. Would you and still I'm, look it's good? acceptable, thank you. <laughs> I'll take any compliment. <laughs> you can look me up on Morella Diamond. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Ooh, um, like that, yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I find my true self honestly will come out more, but because I'm wearing, I'm a clown in a sense. You know, I'm being someone completely different with a bunch of makeup, but there's the respect from other people understanding it's an art and that it took me time to get there. Geisha Versus queen. to being at work and then you're having to, like having a new job and then being yourself and then trying to find your spot in that versus just being yourself in society. So it's or the club. So it's so mm -hmm. interesting we're talking about identity and then uh, we establish, we, we, maybe we, we try so hard to establish these identities for ourselves. And, um, and then, but then there's these beautiful moments where we can step outside of those identities, right? And then re completely reinvent ourselves for three, four, five, six hours. Right. right, because it's, people don't know in drag what I do, that I go to school, that I, I work part-time, I work my ass off, I have a bunch of hobbies, I have this podcast, I, you know, there's so many things that people don't know, but that's because I just don't let them in on purpose. Is there, is there almost this sense of like, because you work so hard, because I've done drag before, I love it. Right. And is, is there this sense of like, because you've just put on this whole, um, you, you put on all this makeup, you're wearing like a dress, you look beautiful. Right. And that's all they, that's, that, that's, that's all they see, right? Is the, right. You're, 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 that's why they call it a drag they queen. They see a you're, look. You're, you're, a a fucking, mask. you're a fucking matriarch in that moment, right? right? And it's also about respecting women. I mean, I, I don't have a mom. I've never had a mom. But the point of dressing up as a woman is because I do appreciate it. And it also goes back to Shakespeare 
It's all about theater and acting at the end of the day, about your performance value and what you're worth for the audience, yeah. to be honest. You're, you're giving a show every time you walk out, and you're also doing a political statement, yeah. which is saying, fuck anyone else who thinks any differently, because you don't know what's out there if you're so small-minded and introverted at times. That's exciting. That's exciting to me. Um, earlier, we were talking about like responses to criticism and how some like um, Rob said that uh, you can be afraid of your own shadow, like when people like with the the puppet, right? That she was like mocking you. Yeah, well, and, right, like that kind of thing just gets to you. Do you find that when you're doing drag, you're like more impervious to that kind of stuff? Like, yeah, because you can't get to me, bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to try to fight me. Sure, I'm half naked. I'll still take your ass down. It doesn't matter to me uh, in that form, but me being as Eddie, I I have a problem knowing who I am because of just not just not knowing who I am. If that makes sense. So but it, it, it's hard. But it's about growth too. We have to remember that because right. even though you, I mean, it's inevitable that we're we're growing right now. Our bones, all of that, and it's just kind of like. For you, you have that mask of um, being a drag queen and being a, a great person. And then people are not acknowledging you for who you are. But at the same time, we have to f focus on self-love. We have to focus on recognition of who we are, all of that. So I think that um, everyone can relate to that. Right. I also just think, like, I mean, you being an actor, me being a stand-up comedian, and then... Riri, what was there? What was is there a word like a public speaking? A, pub, a public speaker. <laughs> so Riri being a public speaker, me being a stand-up comic. I mean, Josh, you being an actor, and then Eddie, you being like a drag queen. There's something that all relates on some level to that because I mean, uh, taking the drag queen thing and sort of making it into a metaphor for stepping outside of yourself. Because every time you take on an acting performance, Josh, yeah. you're embodying a different person aren't you right well it's right? like what we say is like you're taking all the given circumstances of, of the play of this imaginary world and you're stepping into it and you're building upon that like it it is you yeah. you're stepping into this thing yeah yeah but you're not you're not josh for a little bit no, are I'm, you i'm not josh yeah, yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of sometimes how i feel about being a stand-up comic mm. i'm a right. much because i'll do I, I i do i do i do a lot of like crowd work stuff and I sort of embody, I embody, I embody my heroes and stuff like that. Okay. And I do, I do sort of my own little Don Rickles sort of like I'm the, you know, I'm the mean <laughs> okay. guy. I'm busting everyone's balls. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. For free. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but there's there's definitely like this um, different side of myself that gets to you know come out when the mic is in my hand. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's a different respect for how you're being treated on a mic versus yeah. just, you know. Because you're the artist, in daily life. Right? Yeah, they're looking yeah, at you not. versus you looking at everyone else and then, I don't know, picking up what you're gonna do next. Well, it's not even like you're a person in the room. In that moment, you are the person in the room, right? Finding a voice, right. finding yeah. your voice. Um, I wanna share this with you guys real quick. Um, so as I mentioned before, I um, just started writing in my journal and everything. And so I guess you would call this like spoken word. I just, you know, it's more of what I just think about when I'm uh, having alone time. So I'm just gonna read like the beginning and just this, um, yeah. Cause I'm living in a reminisce, I'm rem, I'm the, 
Check it, check it, check it, DJ. Because I'm living and reminiscing about the good old days, about every journey to feel my, fulfill my way. I'm learning and living. Be successful when you're trying to live. Take care of yourself because it's time when you, uh, it, it's all about time when, we, when you live your life. Live long, manifest the destiny. Every year is a gift. I don't know why I wrote that last night, but I call it a coffin. I call it inspiration. That was inspirational? Yeah. Thank you. I was trying to, yeah, but I was definitely um, thinking about motivating yourself. That's what we need to do. Find our voice and motivate ourselves. Well, my mother is, um, she's the, she's a, a manager at this uh, cycling studio called Beat Bike in Tarzana. And you could, I mean, you could easily get like a YMC membership and probably pay like, I don't know, whatever it is, like 40 bucks a month and get everything and more, right, from that. But these people take, they spend $22 to go take a, a, um, a cycling class uh, with my mother for 45 minutes and you're going in there I don't think really just for the workout because like I said you can get like you can get it all you know what I mean you can yeah. get an all expansive pass at YMCA but you pay $22 for 45 minutes to have that like Tony Robbins inspirational speech from some instructor in front of the room um, who's gonna make you feel like the best version of yourself and make you feel like you can conquer anything um, I don't know uh, if any of you guys have ever taken like any sort of like like uh, hip hop class or like any sort of like workout sort of class where there's an instructor in front. It's yeah. really not just about the workout, yeah. right? It's like what you're saying, Riri. It's like it's about like going up there and inspiring you. It's like giving. Yeah. A, it's like a 45 minute TED talk only yeah. with sweating involved. It's really interactive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah exactly. Have you guys heard of Ralph Smart? Ralph Smart is um, a uh, million view uh he's he's a golden youtube uh member if that makes sense a gold what does that mean a golden yeah. he got like he basically got, got like a platinum gold uh plaque for uh having over 10 million uh views on youtube about inspiration wow he's a motivational speaker and he got famous off of uh making youtube videos about self-love and um finding your this or all of that, but it was all about motivation, and I would listen to him, and I started imitating him in the mirror, looking at myself and saying, "You are great, Usa," you know, Usa, yeah. Usa. Chante. So, huh? um, you guys should check him out, Ralph Smart. Ralph Smart. Ralph Smart. Is he smart? We'll he see. will motivate you. Oprah will motivate you too, but yeah. just find your own motivation. Well. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's interesting that um, there are people who make their entire career, I mean, that's basically what my mother's doing. It, people make their entire careers off of being a motivational speaker, and you almost, you find your identity within a community, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're all coming together in, a, in what would feel like you're throwing away your sense of individuality, but you're actually all going there uh, to find your sense of self, you know what I mean? Have you seen Fight Club? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that, that, that's what it is. Fight it's Club. all these demasculated sort of men, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Which, right. Yeah, story of all these men who don't feel like men anymore. Uh, I mean, it's most embodied in that character that the meatloaf plays where he's going through like testicular cancer, which is like the most demasculating of all, right? right? Yeah. Sort yeah. of diseases. 
Um, and he's basically literally losing his identity. Yeah, lo- yeah, well, losing his, his, man, his yeah, losing his, his man parts. Yeah. His biology, like his biological parts that make him make him feel like a man because of how he looks versus how he thinks. And I guess that movie's about more of like the mental imaging and the understanding and processing who you are as a man Mm, or as a woman but this one's about a man but um just like finding who you are finding your masculinity masculinity (laughs) yes um but yeah well yeah it's a very unabashedly very like male centric like sort of story not to even to the dismay of like women it has nothing to do about um how women have put men down or right. how yeah or yeah or it's it's not really it's just a society in general that feels like these men don't feel like men anymore and that you know the way to go do this is they're gonna they're gonna beat each other up only to show that sense of like i'm alive you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'm gonna show that i'm alive by like almost to the point of like risking my life and putting myself in, in such a sense of danger. It's like in a sense of detaching yourself from like this life, you know what I mean? And just showing it's like, you know what? None of it matters, hmm. you know what I mean? Right. And in a sense of like being able to throw it, in, in, one, in one sense they're throwing it all away so that they can almost like rebuild themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, something I also wanted to mention is powerful women who I, I aspire yes. to to gain some of their knowledge, like Lady Gaga, Stevie Nicks, or even Cher. Like Cher always reinvents herself, and she will always be famous because she created reinvention. She's been a disco queen, then she's gone into doing more like tech. Um, what is it called when you fix your music keyboard? Oh, auto-tune? Auto-tune, yes. Then she started doing (laughs) auto-tune, and then she also won an Oscar for being in um, a movie musical, I believe. So that's some powerful woman who I appreciate. Cher. Cher. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. She did, what, what is that movie? Uh, burlesque. burlesque. The, she won the Oscar for that? Oh, was they won, actually, yeah. the worst, um, the worst movie of that year. Because they, they, yeah, they didn't win. Or well, the script sucked, to be honest, guys. The script sucked. It did. It, it was, was a corny lifetime. It was no, about but... one hot guy, <laughs> some little girl from the Midwest, um, with a great voice, you know. Yeah. And she comes to LA and gets fucked over many times. But the point is, uh, Cher is like a fucking powerful woman in that movie. In general, she is, but... Oprah, Dina Tifa, Missy Elliott, I had to throw those out there. You know, politically, I've always, there's another sense of identity, I've always identified more as, like, libertarian, and I feel like one way of, okay, well, I'll say this, historically, um, the first state that actually gave women, we're talking about powerful women, the right to vote was the same state that was, like, that was the most popular for brothels, but these were women who were... Uh, selling their rights, s- sexual favors for money, but it was a sense of female autonomy, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and, and this was um, God. What state was this? This was something like it would. Oh, Wyoming. And there was it was a lot of women were moving to the West, mm-hmm. right? And they were opening up brothels, and that was how they were making their money. Yeah. And it became this. Uh, the first state was like 1840, and women got the right to vote in that state. Right. Yeah, but I think uh, that that's sort of... Why was it an issue, though? But what? Why was that even an issue to have women vote? 
I mean, I know why, but really why? Well, why is it an issue that if women want to, or men, to, right. if you want to sell your, um, if you want to sell sexual favors for money, right? right. Well, let's take it out of the shadows. Why, why, right. why do women need pimps, right? Pimps. I mean, we also have right. dominatrix girls. Yeah, exactly. It seems like we have all these industries that it's like everything but like right sex, right? You can pay right. for an escort. You can take to go on a girl on a date. Yeah, you can, right. You're allowed to pay for a girl to beat you up. Because nobody wants to be technical right. anymore. People, no, they, they, what they're doing is, if you think about it, I don't want to go into politics or anything. Yeah. The government uh, is basically, how do I say this? Picture all of us being a bunch of little kids. And we're like, oh, I want this, I want that. Me, 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 me. We're crying, we're rioting, we're doing all of that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, we're asking the government to give us certain laws, to live a better life and all of that. And then so when um, they give it to us and they sprinkle us with a little bit, like, oh, okay, everyone can, rec uh, recreational marijuana, it's okay. <laughs> or uh, different types of law, gay marriage and all of that. Yeah. They're sprinkling, uh, they're throwing candy at us. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just kind of like, it's even with the masculine and feminine and all of that. Um, <laughs> Why? What were you talking about in the last segment? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I do think it's, it, it is kind of a weird concept that we live in a society or we live in a world where we have to ask other people for our own basic human rights. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Hey, you know what? There's this person who really wants to sleep with me and they're willing to like pay money for it. And I'm, you know, and I find a sense of empowerment over people desiring me. Right, yeah. mm -hmm. and 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 uh, because they, they think I'm attractive, they think I'm like sexually desirable. And there, I, I do you ever listen to like how many porn stars or strippers, whatever, and that they get like a sense of empowerment. And it's the same thing as like yeah. drag queening, right? If you're a stripper, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, or I mean, we just sum up our list because like, aren't men going to watch you because they think you're like the most beautiful thing in the world? Right, and, yeah. right, and it's yeah. a talent. You you know, being a stripper is a talent. It's not just anyone can be a stripper yeah, I'm yeah. Just and the men also get to go in there and feel like a million bucks because there's all these beautiful money, women yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and they're all these money, beautiful women drinks women yeah, yeah you get to, and then they, yeah they put themselves like all over Rappers. you and there's these beauty you know what i mean yeah of course i imagine that's really gratifying right yeah i mean they and a lot of them know who they are i mean cardi b she always knew she could be a stripper mm -hmm. she worked it and now she's working hard making music but she, you know, it took her time and she worked hard to be an independent individual, but doing something she enjoyed. Yeah. Which she shouldn't be discriminated on. I, I, I guess the, the way I would, because I think this started on the topic of, you just said, you said you wanted to talk about, um, Eddie, you said you wanted to talk about like female empowerment and like, right, powerful women. Right. And the, my mind immediately went to there and this idea of like, we live in a society that um, has laws that, and just also a culture that's maybe like afraid of women like sort of embracing their femininity and not being like afraid of it. You know what I mean? It seems, it seems, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's so also like hard for women to be feminine, but also just one day want to be butch. Yeah. And, and then them wanting to not shave. But then instance, again, then there's not, down there's we need to appreciate yeah. that it's kind of like that time now. Even though we can't completely, like I mentioned before with the government, how they give us a little bit of what we want, work with what we have and build off of that. Because, you know, appreciate what we... So, you want to be... Right now, you're doing comedian, right? You're a comedian. What is your ultimate goal? Were you a writer? 
Uh, well, right now, well, I'm I'm in college, and I, I'm going to. Uh, I just finished up my first two years. Uh, yeah, at the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at uh, Valley College. So now I'm going off to University of Riverside. I'm a history major, mm -hmm. and I want to get my master's and my PhD, and eventually be a history professor. You know? yes. See, wow. those are goals. So, there you go. So. On the, so let's connect that to the creative side. How does all the the stand-up comedian, everything tie into that? Well, a lot of professors at universities, you're encouraged to, to publish and be an author. The more notoriety right. you get, right? Yeah. Uh, that's going to help the university. Oh my God, you know who teaches here? You know, Robert, who's run, you know, Robert Gold, who's won like six Pulitzer Prizes, right? Yeah. And he's written those two, you know. Uh, textbooks that we use in our everyday classrooms, right? That that that'll help the university. Yeah. So definitely, my creative side of being a writer and um, and creating something that is my own is going to feed into my um, my professorship, hopefully. Right, and those two worlds will bleed over. What did you? Well, oh, you asked me what? Well, what am I doing? What was, what yeah, was I was saying yeah. the reason why. What are you doing? Uh, talking about how earlier how uh, we're able to be free with what we want to do right now. Yeah. So. Um, with the motivation and stuff that we give each other, it definitely involves our personality, our introvert, as we mentioned before, introverts, extroverts, knowing or not knowing your identity and who, how it affected your life. Um, micro, micros, microcosm, microcosm, microcosm and macrocosm. <laughs> Microwave. Um, you know, tossing all of those things out there that definitely concludes how identity definitely shapes us. Right. And it's like a social, being a social setting, connecting with others, having your community, all of that. It definitely uh, molds you and it helps you grow into the person that you want to become. So I want to say well, one word that, that I, I've written down and I circled and I haven't heard anyone say it yet, so I'm going to say it. Okay. Uh, um, Rob was saying like how, um, you know, getting to know like who you are like and, and being at peace with you. Well, that was the word, peace. I, that's peace. what I didn't hear, peace. Like, uh, get knowing now who I am or getting on the track of knowing who I am and reconnecting with my family and my roots has brought me so much inner peace yeah. you know I feel like this is what I should have been doing and it's not too late you know right yeah I, feel I mean like there's no rush and you don't have to do that either I mean I'm adopted so I have no idea about half of where I came from so and, and it's hard to then try to base where I am from, my blood, my people, where we are from, and putting that into perspective of where I am now and who I actually am versus what I look like. But yeah. So to conclude this, we are gonna end yeah. it with. We're gonna end it with another song. This is me from the original picture movie, motion picture movie, The Greatest Showman. Showman. All right, guys, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the B&E Talk Show. Tune in next Thursday at 1pm Pacific Coast Time to hear the next episode, episode 10. And don't forget to check out our website at www.betalkshow.com. Thank you guys so much.